Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. He's faithful. He's the great I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, right now, I I ask, Lord, that you open ears today, that you open hearts, that we didn't just come to church today, but we came to be in your presence, not just to check a box, but to learn, Lord. Deepen us, and we'll give you all the honor for what you accomplished. And the church says, amen and amen. You may be seated. We are now in our third week of our series on the five biblical secrets to accumulating wealth. And the first week we talked about secret number one. And the only reason why these uh, principles are secrets is is not because they're not written anywhere, they're written in the Bible, but often they're they're not really dug into or, or taught. So rule number one, was what we called the 80-20 rule, where uh, we decide that we will live under our means. Unless there's an emergency, we will never live off of more than 80% of our income. And we found that in the uh, dream that God gave Pharaoh and Joseph interpreted. Last week, we talked about secret number two, which was creating an automatic system. And uh, you can... Uh, go live stream and you can get a, a copy of that. And we also talked about secret number three, which was creating a debt-busting snowball. And in our Wednesdays together, our financial uh, analysts and, and advisors, they've been digging into these principles and really helping us with them. This week, we're going to talk about the how and the why of obtaining wealth. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 41. And uh, the goal today is to add a few new wrinkles in your brain. We're going to see some things from new perspectives, and uh, you're probably going to hear me say throughout the message, change your thinking, change your life. That's really important. Change your thinking, change your life. Romans says we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So once you change your mind, you can change your life. But the changing of our mind starts in sessions like this. Verse 46. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. It took years of preparation to to get Joseph ready for the amount of power that he was about to to, to wield. And and this is really an important truth. The faster we we learn, the shorter our struggle. So the the quicker we get it and the quicker we humble our hearts, uh, the faster we can step into what God has for us. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. So after Joseph interpreted the the dream of of Pharaoh, he became the second in command over all of Egypt. Actually, the Bible says that only in regard to the throne was Pharaoh greater than Joseph. This was a huge deal because Joseph was a foreigner. Joseph 
was a Jewish person in Egypt, and, and God gave him such tremendous favor after he submitted to the process. Verse 47, now in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly, just like the dream had uh, predicted. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years. So when God did and, and, and uh, caused great abundance in the seven years, when God did as he said, so did Pharaoh and Joseph do what they said. And in the, 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 the seven years where there was abundance, they set aside 20% as dictated by God each year for the future. In fact, you know, studies show, and there's, there's, there's myriads of, of, of studies on this, and what we've learned is that a child's capacity to delay gratification is one of the most important single indicators of that child's success. So to the degree that a child can say no to now in order to develop his future, is the level of success proportional level of success he'll have in his life. So that's why, parents, we cannot always just say yes immediately. That's why we can't always just give them what they want right on the spot. Sometimes maybe they'll, they'll, they'll have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, cut a few lawns. Uh, maybe they'll have to learn to shovel some driveways. Do you understand what I'm saying in the snow? Uh, maybe they, they will have to babysit, the various things. But we have to teach our children that uh, sometimes the best things in life you have to wait for. And if, we, if everything is microwave and quick, we, we, we really uh, is it, we set up our kids at, at a disadvantage. Uh, they're, they're disadvantaged when they, 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 they uh, begin in life. Now, now, here's the deal. If you would live a few years like most won't, you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. But... The issue of delayed gratification comes into play. I know you didn't expect to hear any of this in church, but you're going to learn some stuff today, all right? 49, Joseph gathered very much grain, so much it was as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting. In fact, he wrecked his accounting department. There were not enough pads and enough paper to write down and record all of the grain that had been stored. In fact, the Bible says it was immeasurable. Why did this happen? Because Joseph followed God's instruction. And what we see when he followed God's instruction, there were bad years that came, so good and bad came, but the good years more than compensated for the bad. The reward of obedience always outweighs its pain. That's really, really important. Genesis 41 and 56 the famine was all over the face of the earth. Hard times hit the entire eastern Mediterranean region. And Joseph opened up all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. Why was Egypt in position to do this? Because in the, the, the good years, Joseph put aside 20%. And because in the good years he put 20% uh, aside, when, when the tough years came, Egypt became a storehouse for the entire region. You're talking about Libya. You're talking about the foot of, of, of Italy. You're talking about uh, Canaan, that, that whole region. And the Bible says, and the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. It was heartbreaking to, to watch people lose their homes, lose their properties, and uh, uh, people uh, that were hungry. It was, it was, it was a whole uh, situation. Verse 57, so all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy 
grain. Why? Because this famine was so severe in all the lands uh, that surrounded Egypt. And what's interesting here is God is working some, some magic here, if you will, because a hundred miles away, Joseph's brothers are experiencing the same lack and the same shortage. And this is important. If God promised, he will fulfill it. That's just the way he is. But, but this is also another important point. Faith in God includes faith in his timing. And if you're really going to believe God, you have to trust his timing. God really gave Joseph a dream that his brothers and sisters would bow down. But it didn't happen when he was 17. It didn't happen when he was 18. It didn't happen when he was 19. 30 years old, 13 years later, finally the dream is coming to pass. So faith in God is not just believing in a promise, but it's also believing in God's what? Timing. Habakkuk 2 and 3 gives us a little more insight into this. It says this. For the vision, and by the way, this, this, this part of the message, I, I felt the most spiritual resistance as I had throughout any part of, of, of this series. So pull with me a little bit as, as we minister today, because this word, I believe, if, if it comes on, it will set you free, all right? So th this is light bulb Sunday for, for many of us. For the vision is for an appointed time. At the end, though, it will speak and not what? Lie. Not necessarily in the, in the middle. Not, certainly not at the beginning. You might look a little foolish at, at, at first. You might feel a little bit left out. You might feel that, that perhaps, you know, life is passing you by. But the results of them setting aside 20% for seven years, finally, in the end, began to speak for itself. Jesus said it this way, uh, wisdom is justified of her children, meaning, you know, the, the fruit of wisdom is evidence itself of, of how wise it is. It says, though it tarries, though the vision takes longer than you want it to take, wait for it. Just keep doing the right thing because God is never late. Though, though, though I got to say, sometimes he sure can seem slow, but he is never, ever, ever late. He says, because it will surely, absolutely come. Your time will come. And then he says it will not tarry, though earlier he said though it tarry, because it means the same thing in different ways. And to you, it may seem like it's a long wait, but with God, he's right on schedule. You see, Egypt, I'm sorry, Joseph, for uh, 13 years, was in Egypt. God gave him a dream. And you would think, well, you know, if I'm going to be in a position where my brother's going to bow down, that, that must mean that, you know, God's going to put me on a fast track to, to get to where I'm going. But for 13 years, he was a slave. And another, the, the end of the 13 years, he wasn't just a slave, he was a prisoner. So for 13 years, God was working humility into his character so that when he finally got into power, he would have the character to handle it. My prayer has been throughout my entire journey, Lord, may, 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 may my gift never take me where my character cannot keep me. And when his preparation had finally ended, you might think, well, God is weak. How come he's not stepping you into that thing? Now, how many of you really think you want to give a, 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 a nine-year-old child keys to a Porsche? You know there's going to be some problems. I mean, matter of fact, some of us grown folk aren't ready for a Porsche. You understand what I'm saying? 
But, but we have to mature into the ability. Matter of fact, before we get a driver's license, not only do we watch people drive most of our lives, but then we, we have to take a test. Then if we pass that test, we, we, it's, it's a written test, and eventually we could take a driving test. And it's only after we go through the, that period of preparation and pass these tests that we are promoted and given the right or the license to drive. So for 13 years, God was preparing Joseph. But finally, everything on the inside of Joseph lined up, and God promoted him, not only to be over all of Egypt, but all of Egypt's food supply. And what was amazing is just as the world was getting hungry, so was Joseph's family. And they were in Canaan land, and, and, and famines hit the whole region. And what we see is God had been working a plan all along. Again, one year into Joseph's slavery, it's like, God, why? 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 Why are you picking on me? Why has this happened? Two years, this makes no sense. God, five years, come on, Lord, come on. Ten years a slave, you understand? And it's not making sense. Lord, I thought you gave me a vision. I was going to do something great. My brother and sister going to bow down to me. And, and even the moon and the stars. And God, I'm a slave. It's not, I'm not even in position. It's not even like I'm a nobleman. I'm a slave. And then, not only that, it got worse. He went to prison. And all along, God was working. Now, in the Bible, there's seven major names for God. You know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rophi, uh, uh, just on and on, different names, including Jehovah Nisi. But when I read the Bible, I want to add an eighth name. Jehovah Sneaky, Jehovah Sneaky, Jehovah <laughs> Sneaky, Sneaky. See, you may not understand your path at the moment, but God is setting you up for more than you can ever imagine. And he's sneaking it in. You don't understand, but Jehovah's sneaky, you understand, is building in you what you need so that you can manage that thing when you step into it. Genesis 45 and 1. Then Joseph could not restrain himself. For chapters, he's restrained himself. And uh, his brothers have been coming in and out. And, and um, he says, you know what, make everyone go, go out for me. He, he's dressed in Egyptian garb and clothing. You know, he, actually, men in, in that culture wear actually eyeshadow and, and makeup. It's a whole thing. Um, and, and his brothers didn't realize that it was him. His head was bald, so he had no hair on his head. So, and, and they hadn't seen him for 13 years. 17 to, to 30, there's a big difference in the way a person looks. Bald-headed and, and just, just a whole thing, looking like an Egyptian. And he had choked down his emotions for, for, for chapters, but finally he just couldn't take it any longer. And when he sent everyone out of the room, he, no one stood with him any longer while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Now, ultimately, this is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ himself, who was also rejected by his own people and, and crucified, etc. Perhaps even Joseph, when it says here, he made himself known to his brothers, perhaps he, he, he took up parts of his robe and, and it showed them some of the, the scars that they knew he had from the time he was a youth. Maybe he showed him uh, they, he showed them some of the birthmarks maybe that, that, that he had on his body that on, they know only Joseph had, just as Jesus did with Thomas. And, and, and maybe it was a very, very, very similar event. Skip to verse 4. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you crucified. 
whom you sold into Egypt. But the next verse is what I want you to see. But now, he wasn't bitter. It's so important. We go through stuff, we get so bitter. We say, well, well, well if, you, if what happened to me happened to you, how do you know what happened to me? The issue is not what happened, it's how you respond to it. And we know that Joseph's ready because there's no bitterness in his response. And as long as you are angry and bitter, you are not ready for next. He said, but now, do not therefore be angry or grieved with yourselves. See, most of us want to pound and fight. See, I told you I was going to be I told you. I told you. None of that. Don't be angry with yourselves because you sold me here. In chapter, uh, a little bit later, he, he says, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. That's why I ain't, I'm, not, I'm not mad at anybody because what you did to me just made me stronger. What you did to me just made me pray harder. What you did made me learn how to forgive and how to love and, and, and taught me to be kinder and, and, and more merciful. And, 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 and it began to, to, to mellow me and it reduced me of, of, of my pride. So I, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at life for what it's done to me. But now don't, don't be angry with yourselves because, because you're so here. For, for God was working something out. And you say, I'm mad at my spouse. I'm mad at my child. What they did. God's working something out. Yeah, the devil's trying to do, but God is still working something out. For God sent me before you to preserve your life. This is what I want to say. In the wilderness, God literally rained down bread from heaven, manna, because there were no convenience stores, no Wawa, no Walmart, none of that stuff. So that was the only way they were going to get it. Also, they were in the wilderness. They didn't have water fountains like they do around here. It was in the desert. So the people were thirsty. He made water come out of a rock. One time, you know, Elijah was hungry, the prophet. God decided, you know what? I'm going to send you food through the ravens, birds of the air. In the New Testament, we see that Peter had a tax problem. How many of y'all have, don't raise your hand, had a tax problem? Okay. <laughs> well, well, he had some taxes he needed to pay. And Jesus told him, he said, go fishing, Peter. Use the skill you have. Pay attention. He was a fisherman. Use the skill you have. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? And the first fish will provide for your taxes. So he went fishing, and God made a fish literally swallow up a coin. It was a two drachma tax. So there was, there was, there was drachma in his mouth. And he caught the fish, and in the fish's belly, or in the, I'm sorry, the fish's mouth, was, 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 was a coin. Now, God sometimes does those types of things. But most of the time, in the Bible, when God preached a message, it was through a person. When God fought a battle, it was through an army. When God decided that he wanted to prosper the land, it was through a farmer's crops. And when he healed the sick, it was through the laying on of human hands. It's amazing how God insists on using ordinary people to do extraordinary things in his extraordinary plan. The point I want you to see here is that God could have fed Joseph's brothers using birds. 
He could have fed him, made, made water come out, I mean, manna come out of the sky. He, there's a zillion things he could have done. But the way God provided for the 12 tribes of Israel was through Joseph. It was through a person. Many times, matter of fact, most of the time, matter of fact, in my life, if God wants to bless me, he sends a person. Likewise, if the devil wants to curse me, he sends a person. Don't look at nobody. God uses people. And in order, God could have done a million things. But what he did is he allowed Joseph to go into slavery. And you see, God's providence is working all along. Potiphar worked for Pharaoh, kind of his bodyguard. He's part of his, you know, his, his, his service there. So by Joseph working with Potiphar, he starts learning how to conduct himself around Pharaoh. He's learning you know, just certain things are caught, other things are taught. You know, vice versa, you know how to mean. But he's watching certain people coming in, the Pharaoh's people coming. He's overhearing conversation. So he's, God is actually preparing him all along to be in the Pharaoh's court by having him serve someone in the Pharaoh's court. And often you got to serve your way up to the top. Find someone who's doing what you want to do, roll up your sleeves and help them and watch what God does for you. The point I'm making is God did not, in this case, you know, rain down manna. He used a person. Nine times out of ten in our lives, God is going to use people. Luke 6 and 38. I want to read it in the King James Version. And uh, I might be a little five minutes over time today, but I, I want to finish all of these points. The King James Version says this in a way that's very, 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 very helpful. By the way, Jesus is speaking. How many of you know Jesus got it right? Okay. He said, give, and it shall be given unto you. That's a principle. That's a spiritual law. You can't get around it. But also the reverse is true. If you don't give, it won't be given. So if you're always saying, I can't get a break, who are you giving a break? Because the Bible says, what measure you meet shall be measured back unto you. And maybe if everybody's always judging you, maybe because you always judging everybody. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just talking. But let's, let's get back to the message real quick. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.